1: Hi. Dave, are, are you having a marvelous evening by any chance?
2: Um, I would say it's somewhat legendary.
1: Is it now? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, think I, I think I know why. I, th- I think I know why. Um, Eric, do me a favor.
2: Please don't bury the...
1: Not going to do it. Not going to do it. This is, Dave, this is going to be legendary. Uh, for decades, this week's guest has been designing figures for the Marvel Legends line at Hasbro. Hot on the heels of their announcement of the latest HasLab and largest Marvel Legends uh, hero to date, Giant Man, we are thrilled to welcome Hasbro's real-life Marvel legend, Dwight Stahl, to the podcast. Dwight, welcome to Adventures in Collecting.
0: Thanks, Eric. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate you guys having me out.
1: Uh, it's 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 been a while since yeah. you've been on, and you, this is the first time you've been on solo. You've you've been on in one of those like those like uh, rapid fire roundtable round uh, ha- fan stream follow up things. But this is the first time we've we've got you. So we've we've completed the set now. We've we've mm-hmm. had we've had the uh, we're not allowed to say the the big three anymore. I think officially, but we've had we've had uh, we've had Dwight Ryan and uh, and and Dan on now. So you had the you
0: had the and you had the android and the alien and now you get the uh, wizard. There we go.
1: Dig it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, before we hop into, um, you know, how how you got, uh, you know, your start in toys and, you know, your your kind of travels through Hasbro, as this is a show about collecting the first thing that we ask all of our guests. uh, What are you currently collecting and what are some of your recent pickups?
0: Um, my current collecting habits have been curbed a bit of late. Um, but I am still very much into my Lego minifigures. Um, I have a pretty massive figure collection, uh, in my basement, uh, probably well over, I don't know, probably well over a thousand of them. And, uh, they're just like my favorite little thing. They're just the, the look of that, they have something that has had such a, um, maintained look over the years while they've added embellishments and things to it. But when the primary DNA has been the same for so long, it's so fun to have something that, you know, I might've had as a kid and to be able to buy things today that still look perfectly in scale. And you know, uh, you, they, it just builds that same collective kind of thing. And while I obviously didn't collect them as a child, I had a handful and, uh, it's just a, it's been a fun hobby. So just this past week, My daughters were kind enough to pick up uh, three or four uh, blind bags of the Marvel minis, and uh, I was able to secure uh, Agatha and Storm from their new series. So that's my most recent toy purchases.
1: Very cool. Yeah, there's something about seeing them all. um, I'm trying to remember. Samuel Hatmaker. So Samuel Hatmaker, he was one of the uh, contestants on, I think it was the first season of uh of lego master uh we follow him on on instagram he had like a display that you know one of those ones that's like it almost looks like a curio like all the like the individual like cubes lined up on his wall and like seeing them all together those are cool it it actually is really to to your point like it's fun how kind of uniform but different they are so like it, it is it is really cool to see all the minifigs together
0: Yeah, I built a bunch of bleachers for all of mine, because the problem with a figure that's so small, it's like, how do you display them and get credit for all of them? And for a long time, I just had them on plates, but the ones in the back got lost. So after many years of just kind of looking at the problem, I decided to buy buckets of bricks and I built a bleacher system. So they're all on uh, elevated tiers. So everybody in the back still gets just as much screen time as the, the front rows, which is, you know. Uh, big waste of time, but uh, it was a, it was a it was a fun project to undertake.
1: Stadium seating for your minifigs,
0: yeah, That's perfect. Yeah, perfect.
2: Now, do you also do like the big like sets and projects, or is it just the minifigs?
0: I used to. Um, if something catches my eye, I'll go out and grab it. I've been eyeballing the the uh, RMS Titanic uh, for the last year and a half, but. I'm also trying not to actively work on a divorce. So I'm weighing the purchase of said uh, ship versus the happiness of said wife. And uh, the wife is definitely winning out on that one.
1: Yeah, I I, I feel you on that front. I feel (laughs) you. I
2: I have the significant other where we enable each other. So like, Ah. all right, I got you the Ghostbusters firehouse. She wound up getting me like Old Trafford. So like.
0: There you go.
2: Or the um, 89 Batmobile. Like there is <laughs> so we're, and I know she wants the uh, Batman Returns one and we get each other the minifigures and try to collect them all together. So it's it, She's like, just like, OK, whatever you want to get.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's funny because I don't care about. Cars really at all. Yet the last two large Lego set purchases that I bought were Ecto one and the 89 Batmobile. So those two I have in the basement and I love them. The problem for me is outside of the, I think think the reason why I'm still sticking with my Lego minifigures is while I, hey guys, even I don't like the prices of things. While I don't like (laughs) that they've crept up to $5 a piece, it's still a manageable thing that I can, you know, grin and bear the purchase of. But outside of those My passions are so expensive. I have to be very, very select. Like I said, I'm talking about like a what almost a $700 Titanic. I love myself those uh, uh, Polystone sideshow uh, statues. You know, I've got a collection of uh, WWF, WWE belts, and I'm and I've been eyeballing the AEW championship to add to that. So. When the things that I like go from $5 minifigures to multiple $100 things, Mm -hmm. I have to be very cautious and selective as to what I want to waste my money on because I have a child in college and another one on the way. And, you know, you know, life. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Kids, man. Kids. (laughs) Glad to hear
1: that there's a a fellow Lego fanatic among us. Uh, Another another one to... uh, to to c- commiserate with over mm-hmm. over space and and, uh, and display space, but uh, yeah. So uh, pivoting into kind of your story here, uh, Dwight, how did you get into toy design, and and what led you to your career with Hasbro?
0: Um, okay, uh, my I always loved action figures when I was a kid. I played with action figures probably longer than most of my friends did. They were jumping off into sports and RC type cars and stuff, but I still just love playing with my GI Joe figures and things like that. Um, I remember the last two I bought were the Crimson Guard and Snow Serpent from the GI Joe line, and I had pretty much outgrown playing with toys. I think that was 87. I had pretty much outgrown playing with them at that time, but they were so cool I had to have them, so I bought them anyways. Then when you you eventually put your toys away, I hadn't thought about them forever. And I end up getting into, um, industrial design at the university of Cincinnati. And with that program, it's a program that has the co-op to it, which is once you get into that level of school, which I think it was sophomore year, junior year, something like that. You go to school for a quarter and then you have to get a job at a professional, um, place. Um, and I, I, I had a couple, uh, jobs, uh, you know, at different like graphics firms and doing bottle design and light design and stuff like that. And that was fine. But then I was lucky enough to land a co op at Kenner, which was one of the companies that Hasbro owned in Cincinnati. And uh, I just kind of got my foot in the door there working on starting lineups um, and uh, G.I. Joe 12 inch figures. So it just kind of re sparked that love for toys that I hadn't, you know, thought about for, you know, 10 years or so. And I started picking up a lot of, uh, uh, McFarland figures at the time they were, you know, just killing it with their spawn figures and their comic figures, like dark child. And, or that was, that was more, I think. Right.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think so. So, you know, picking up all those beautiful, beautifully sculpted things and it just kind of re sparked that love for toys. And I just never left. Once I graduated, um, I reached out to some of my friends who had made the transfer to Hasbro in Rhode Island. And I said, Hey, I need one more co-op to finish off my uh, collegiate career. Do you guys mind bringing me up to, to do that? And they did. And I just never left. Um, I was hired as a temp when my co-op expired and then the temp, uh, fell into a full-time gig on BTR, which was one of our earlier versions of a brick system like, uh, Lego. And, uh, from that, I just kind of found uh, bounced around from a few different brands over the years from, uh, GI Joe, transformers, star Wars. And eventually when the Marvel license came to Hasbro, they tapped me to join that team, uh, and, have just, I've been there ever since back since, uh, 2006.
2: Um, as someone who's been long tenured on Marvel Legends, um, you mentioned back since 2006, what are some of your favorite designs?
0: Um, I love the version 2 Juggernaut that we did. Um, the redesign and shaping of the helmet kind of completed that Jim Lee era kind of look to him, and he kind of had a little bit more of that Capcom y feel, mm-hmm. which I absolutely was a, a massive fan of. So. That version of Juggernaut was absolutely amazing. I love some of the newer things we've done, like the Spider-Verse figures uh, that are done in that more animated style. Um, the uh, Miguel Spider-Man 299 in particular, he's got that awesome, you know, really super heroic V shape uh, and size to him. So that was kind of fun. When you can do things that are a little bit different out of the norm, Spiral that we did most recently, the original one was a lot of fun to do, but... The challenge of the look of a female form with six arms and to get all of that uh, functional material to shove into a torso and make it uh, playable and look really, really amazing was a a really fun challenge. And I think the kind of aesthetics of some of those odd things are always kind of a, a different treat to try to tackle.
1: Now you mentioned the I, I love that you you mentioned the the kind of Capcom essence of uh, of Juggernaut because you guys previously in a different scale when when the Marvel figures were still in in three point seven five you had some of those those Capcom two packs and and they, those were some of the coolest two packs ever every now and then I still see one kind of like show up at like a toy show or uh, yeah and and I I loved those designs too I mean that's like honestly as much as I, I, you know, I read comics as a kid and, you know, still do today. Um, there were a lot of, I was introduced to a lot of characters through those games, through, through, uh, you know, both Marvel versus street fighter and Marvel versus Capcom. Both of those series introduced me to a ton of characters that I was unfamiliar with.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Even, even me at that time, they were, you know, when you were playing the, uh, when Shuma Gorath came out for the first time and I'm like, what is this thing? I don't know, (laughs) but it was so weird. uh, The way it it would walk on its tentacles and the the moves were just so crazy and varied. It was, it was the same way, same thing. It was fun to check out these things that from pieces of Marvel lore that I had never, ever opened or cracked a comic for and kind of uh, see that there's this bigger, broader, more, uh, insanely wonderful universe to 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 learn so much more about. And
1: and you know, kind of speaking that of that insane universe, there are so many different characters, you know, an, an absolute ocean of characters out there. And you know, there have been characters that you you guys have tackled, uh, you know, kind of several times now. You actually you brought up a, a great example in, in Spiral. Um, have there been designs, you know, specific di- designs over the year that you know over the years that haven't worked out, you know, and and uh, have you had the opportunity to kind of go back and you know revisit some of those that like really stick in your head as ones that's like oh, I wish we could have done this at the time, but the technology or you know budget, whatever it was. Have have you had a chance to kind of revisit those?
0: Sometimes, yeah, and I still got a handful that I'd like to get to. Um, for instance, uh, I guess a good example is uh, is a jumping off point would be something like uh, Shocker. Uh, the first time we did him. Um, you know, he's a lower tier character, right? Um, we use our old Bucky cap body as the base for it, you know, like we do with many of our figures. We have the base clean systems that we can use for different designs to allow us to make more figures for you guys throughout the calendar year um, by using a very thoughtful existing tooling library. So we had made that shocker, um, and he had, like, new knee pads and elbow pads and forearms, I think, and probably a head. But the figure itself was basically just what you, you know, already have. And then just a couple of years ago, we got to revisit that character, and we wanted to do it from scratch because the quilting pattern of mm-hmm. his costume was so unique to that, you know, character. Um, you know, it, it, it was really fun to revisit him and give him a, you know, his just uh, desserts the way, you know, he should have been. Um, I hope to actually be able to revisit him at some point now that he exists and I don't have to spend the money on the tooling. I'd love to go back and throw more deco on him and uh, get all of that, uh, all those recessed lines uh, painted out and and bring him back out for like a, a super version. But Spiral was a good example of I really enjoyed the first one we did, but, you know, she definitely could use an upgrade. And I think the next one that I want to do the most that I've been thinking about for a long time is green goblin like classic green goblin. Um, Cause he's also been done just using existing parts and such an iconic character, um, arguably Spider-Man's greatest villain, you know, definitely top one or two, depending mm-hmm. on how you, you know, want to, want to swing there um, definitely deserves a all unique new body uh, sculpt and maybe something more premium with the uh, glider itself to, have some thrusters or 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 whatnot to it so that's definitely one that's on my um short list of uh characters that when the opportunity arrives i want to revisit and and give you guys a all-new hopefully totally badass uh green goblin
1: yeah that that shocker one too is is something that uh you know i i really appreciated instead of having the swappable hands the like full swappable gauntlets on him like i thought that that was a really cool ad and something that i you know kind of something new that you guys had never really done before on a figure. And I, I thought, you know, it kept the lines nice and clean on his, on his hands. And you know, you didn't have like, like break up at the wrists with the gauntlets. It just, it was, it was a really cool touch to that figure.
0: Thanks. Yeah. We don't, we, we never like to, um, just think that what we've done today is good enough. You know, that, I think that's one of the hallmarks of the legends team. And, um, the challenge is you don't always have figures that are a hundred percent like what you had in the past. So if there's something that you love from the past, you know, that's wonderful, but we're always looking to what's that next thing that we can incorporate into our figures to improve them. You know, um, the, the photo reel that we've been doing on the faces that we now moved over onto the classic figures, you know, has really brought those heads to life in a, in a new way that, for a while, we were like, I don't know if I want to do this technology there because it's going to make them look so different than what you already have in your collection. But the more we thought about it, we're like, well, let's test it and see what it even looks like. Because we knew what it look, would look like when you're trying to do a someone from the MCU. But, you know, we didn't know how it would look to translate classics, And, you know, you guys can you guys can have a, a counter opinion if if you so choose. And that's 100 percent fine. But we thought that it looked so good that we're like, we were so happy. We made the jump same thing with like the pinless technology on the arms and legs where we can, you know, to do those types of updates. And we got it, you know, we got a few more of them in the works for things that you guys haven't seen yet, that uh, hopefully when we get to announce them, you guys will appreciate uh, those kind of improvements as well.
1: Yeah. The, 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 photo reel is like, like you said, is it's, it's fascinating, right? Cause you know, it's, I'm very open with the fact that you know the majority of my collection i I kind of focus on m c u and Spider man the animated series, like those are like my two you know places of focus for Marvel Legends, so obviously, you know I was seeing the benefit of that that face printing like from Jump Street, you know as soon as you guys started yep. using it, it's like, wow, like this is and and it gets just keeps getting better and better and better and better mm-hmm. like. I'm looking at my, my little villain shelf right now, and, like, I have, like, a little mini Jeff Goldblum and a little, you know, <laughs> mini uh, J.K. Simmons and, you know, it, it's just it, so on and so forth. Like, each figure, they just... Benicio Del Toro. Like, they, they look exactly like little versions of their, you know, their... their real life, you know, flesh and blood characters. So when you guys, you know, started saying on the, the live streams that you were going to be using it for the photoreal tech for comics, I was like, how does that work? Like, because you don't get a 3D scan of a 2D, you know, panel. Right. So like, like how, how do you decide, like, I don't even know how to word this question. How do you, how do you decide where that modeling kind of comes from?
0: It comes from the, br- the brilliance of our extended team. Um, Tony was our painter who, uh, worked with us for many years, making uh, many of those figures that you're referencing. And, uh, he is leveled up, so to speak. And he, he doesn't do a whole lot of, um, painting for us anymore. Every once in a while, I get a chance for him to come back and work on something special if I really, really beg and plead, but his immense talent he was able to imbue into his replacements. And Kristen is our new uh, model artist who runs Marvel. And she is a, you know, uh, she's a master, you know, and, and the the way she can apply those uh, files for the faces is, you know, bar none, some of the the best applications I've ever seen uh, on this scale for this price in particular. Um, and, and she deserves a, a lot of the credit for how that final look, you know, comes together. That's the part of the magic of uh, the Marvel team is, uh, we have so many components. There's a lot of incredibly talented people at Hasbro stop, but the people we have on the Marvel team, not only are they incredibly talented, but they have such passion for these projects and what they do. And if you have that extra, something special, you know, that those undefinable things, you know, it just makes the the work so much above and beyond. And I think that shows on some of those types of little extra bits of labor of love that the team puts into it. And that's one uh, great example of that extra, you know, passion really coming out into, you know, into that final toy form for all of you, you know, awesome fans to uh, collect and add to your shelves.
2: So is it just more of like, like, you know, a question, I guess it's more of like a question of like leveling up, right? Because you're, you know, I guess the answer to what does this look like in 3D is like, this is what it looks like. And it's <laughs> the incoming, what comes out of the package. Because, you know, if it's something for decades, near, near a 100 years of just like, hey, this is stuff that is, you've only looked at flat forever, yeah in Mm -hmm. minimal colors and all that. So like, I guess, does that add to the challenge? Because you're almost like creating this, like you're creating the textures, like in a way.
0: Yeah. uh, I would, I would say it definitely does. Um, the, the, some of the challenges are trying to find out what the backsides of some of these things look like too, (laughs) you know, when you're using different artists from, you know, 80 years ago to today, you know, they, you know, uh, brand Bibles weren't created for every character, right? From every artist's uh, uh, interpretation of the character designs. So sometimes you get something that's really hot or special or you want to revisit, and it's a bloody nightmare to uh, go through, you know, piles of comic ref. I will say the Marvel Unlimited app helps a lot with, with you having a source to go through so much of it. That's a, you know, a wonderful uh, tool. But even that is not, you know, complete, right? So to try to find some of those things is it can be a real challenge, especially when you want to make this thing fully realized, not just from the front, but, you know, uh, as a fully fleshed out 3D thing.
1: You mean Jack Kirby didn't draw turnarounds of every character he ever drew? How rude of him.
0: How, how rude. <laughs> Slacker.
1: <laughs> so so giant man. Let's 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 yeah. get into giant man. Um. Giant man has the opportunity to to now you know finally come to life in in you know his his real form right is in, in true to scale right an actual giant man in in uh in in one twelve scale uh what led to the decision to go with giant man as the latest TAS lab
0: um, a big part of it was the anniversary year we're uh living in. Uh, knowing that we had this big anniversary program for the fall, with you know all of those uh, amazing mm-hmm. items that are out there now—the Hulk and Banner, the Super articulate Black Widow, Hawkeye and Sky Cycle, et cetera, et cetera—you know we were like, "Well, let's keep this uh, Avengers train rolling." And what better way to zigzag a little bit and to give you something that can go one-on-one, toe-to-toe with a sentinel or a galactus that you may already have in your collection and that would be to go for the biggest hero we've done to this point which is the 24 inch uh, giant man um you know those kind of things compiled with i know that there's a lot of people who are like i'm very happy with the uh, toy biz one i have you know the build a figure from the end of their run and that's wonderful if you're if you're lucky enough to have completed that figure that awesome figure for the time and when it was created that's cool you know I'm very happy for you but that was you know over 10 12 I don't know how many it's been a while it's been a long while it's been a generation since that was made yeah you know and it's like and there's so many more collectors out there now today or fans even of the character as he's made appearances in the MCU you know and just you know It's time to to try to do something that's, you know, to get that character out there on a meaningful, massive scale, you know, for the next generation. And if you want to support it, awesome. Please jump on on board and come along with us for another fun, amazing ride. But, you know, if you guys are happy with one you already have, by all means, that's that's 100 percent okay as well.
1: Yeah. And I mean, he was he was like you said, it was towards the end of the run. So, I mean, he was tough to build back in the day. Mm -hmm. And I mean he commands quite quite a penny on the aftermarket. Yeah. <laughs> These yeah. days too. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it but but yeah, I mean it, it's it's a world of difference though. You're looking at a 24 inch figure as opposed to a 12 inch one, right? I mean, like like you said, it's you know, he's he's meant to go toe-to-toe with some of those previous mm-hmm. centerpieces that you guys have put
0: out. Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: So what have been some of the challenges with designing Giant Man? um adding tiers but keeping them at a very accessible price.
0: Uh yeah, um that was that was a big part uh the, before you even talk about Giant Man itself is what did this thing offer, you know, what were we going to do with him? Um you know, and trying to learn from previous campaigns, you know, what we can what worked and what didn't, you know, all goes into it. So we kind of wanted to stay clear of the 6-inch figures this time. Um, they were very polarizing, um, in, uh, honestly, uh, all of the campaigns we've done, you know, um, having characters like, uh, Bastion, who you had never had in the Sentinel, having cancer like Morgue in, uh, in Frankie Ray and with Galactus, and then having characters like the Goblin Queen and Mephisto, uh, in part of the, uh, Hell Charger. We saw really interesting opinions, uh, Online, You know, some people were super excited to have the opportunity to get those characters. Other people were upset about, you know, holding, they would say holding hostage those types of characters in a big campaign. And we're like, okay, well, let's not do that this time. Let's just focus on making giant man himself the centerpiece. Let's get that price down, you know, and and give them just this big, massive 24 inch awesome figure without any of that other stuff that has so many polarizing opinions, you know, uh, I know, you know, we've been reading all the boards. People are like, Oh, wasp and uh, Hank should have been included in here. And you're like, okay, cool. We could have done that, but that would have made the campaign 250 bucks, you know, uh, you know, and, and, and for some people that's perfectly fine. Right. But we wanted to, once again, you know, money's tight now, you know, it's, it's not this, you know, the economy's, doing, but it's not, you know, we're not all like laughing and rolling in Scrooge McDuck money. So, you know, we wanted to make sure we had that thing at a price point that was as accessible to as many people as possible. So that's kind of where we focused on the tiers with some extra little bits and pieces that we could throw in there to have a little bit of fun, um, to have people have the ability to make other variations of him. just because that's kind of, uh, you know, something we've done with all of our HasLab campaigns. Um, and it's, you know, for people who are the ridiculous, awesome super fans who are going to buy more of these things. Now you can have a good, good versus evil out of the box with, you know, the zombie uh, tier and the scrawl tier. Um, beyond that, you know, challenges for the actual item itself was the V harness was getting that designed so it worked functioned function properly. Um, typically, it would have been attached to the belt. But because of the size of this figure, that wouldn't have looked good. And the belt would have ridden up when you're trying to articulate this thing. Because the articulation on him is um, really, really, uh, it's, it's super articulated level articulation on a 24-inch figure. The only pieces that aren't there are the forearm and calf brakes because of the design of the scalloped uh, boots and gloves. Um, but, you know, it has everything else, including toes and butterflies for the first time as well as, you know, ridiculously articulated fingers, um, and a gorgeous, uh, you know, when we we talked earlier, we're always trying to make those new things. What else can we do that we've never done before? The new eyes on this figure are, uh, spectacular. They're, they're clear, um, and they're painted from the backside. So the best, uh, example that I can call out is like doll eyes that you, you know, you might've seen, you know, on your, your, your sisters or your, you know, uh, dolls you had when you were a, you know, a young, a young boy or girl. Um, and that kind of level of realism on this eye is really going to take a figure of, you know, of that size to the next level. So that when you look at him, it doesn't look like it's a, you know, painted piece of plastic. You know, I look at Fin Fang Foom on my shelf and I'm like, I hope that I get to do something like that with him, you know, at some point in the future, because these new little evolutionary steps in the, you know, in, in toy making, allow us to do new great things every time. And um, those were some of the challenges as well as I guess the last one probably would have been just modernizing a classic design. You know, how do you take a design, maintain what it was in the comics all those years ago, but make it look like it's believable that it would exist in your legends collection of today. And that's applying all the textures and the detailing and the logos and the zippers and all of those extra little things that, you know, you don't necessarily think about but you know if if a figure is going to be two feet tall you're going to be looking at this thing in a way way different than you would a six inch action figure so you know makes let's make sure that everything is thought about and really put in there so that the you know all the attention to detail and love that you know we all have for the figure really comes out at the at the end
1: yeah i mean it's cool to see like you know, now having, having seen a, a Sentinel in person having having seen Galactus in person, like looking at, you know, the, the model, both the, you know, on your live stream and, um, you know, and, and Ryan had it at, at D23 and the pictures that were coming in from there, it almost looks like a giant Vulcan body. Like it has like all of those same, like, you know, articulation points and cuts and, everything. and it, it, it's mm-hmm. just like, it, it looks like this thing's I, like, I can't wait until, you know, we see, you know, further along and start to see this thing really start to move. And, and, you know, it's it just, it, it's very impressive. It's very, very
0: impressive. Thanks. Yeah. We got a, we got a gray model in, uh, just this past week. So when I have a moment to uh, breathe, I plan to take a lot of pictures of that thing, uh, doing all that type of stuff, posing it out really awesome to, uh, to get the pulse to post or, you know, or throw up on an in- Instagram for you guys to check out because, you know, that's, you know, part of the fun. Uh, for me is just being able to take a a moment to geek out and try to just enjoy the you know the process in the middle of it instead of waiting for it to be over and just running on to the next project Um, I had a blast with the engine of vengeance last year just taking that thing out to a parking lot in a baseball diamond you know in the evening during my kids soccer practice and just uh, you know laying around in the dirt and in the gravel and having parents look at you like, what is wrong with this grown man, you know, (laughs) crawling around like an army soldier out in the middle of nowhere, taking pictures of a glowing car. Yeah. You know, you, you look kind of like a moron, but you know, I've been called worse by better people so (laughs) I can deal with that. Hey, but you know what,
1: you you know, at at the end of the day, you, you were the only person that yeah. was that got to you know that got to 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 lay on your belly in the middle of a field and play guys with uh with the engine of vengeance. So, you know. <laughs>
0: that's, that's, a sad, that's a sad fact there, Eric. That's it, a sad fact. It's a sad fact, but it's
1: it's something that you get to keep forever because you got to that's do true. that. You got that's to true. do that.
0: And now a word from our sponsors. Pulling up to Mickey D's Just for Drinks. Oh yeah, that's me
1: This segment is brought to you by our friends at Chubsy-Wubsy Toys. A traditional mom-and-pop toy store in Little Falls, New Jersey, Chubsy-Wubsy Toys brings you the best new toys from the brands you love without the hassle of pounding the pavement searching for them at larger retail stores. Visit them in person at their brand new home at 101 Newark Pompton Turnpike Suite 1 in Little Falls, New Jersey or online at chubsywubsy.com. That's C-H-U-B-Z-Z-Y-W-U-B-Z-Z-Y.com. And tell them Adventures in Collecting sent
0: you. Rewind and press play on your VHS collection with CGC. CGC is excited to announce our newest collectible vertical, CGC Home Video. As a division dedicated to authenticating and grading your VHS collection, our experts are ready to help you encapsulate your favorite video cassettes. Don't settle for static on the screen. Submit today at cgcgrading.com. That's cgcgrading.com. Face it, shaker
2: bottles suck. Your shakes always come out clumpy and they're a pain to clean.
1: You're right, Dave. That's why I decided to ditch my shaker bottle for good and get myself a BlendJet 2 portable blender. It makes perfectly blended shakes in just 20 seconds.
2: BlendJet 2 is portable, so you can blend up a smoothie at work, a protein shake at the gym or even a margarita on the beach. It's small enough to fit in a cup holder, but powerful enough to blast through tough ingredients like ice and frozen fruit with ease.
1: BlendJet 2 is whisper quiet, so you can make your morning smoothie without waking up the whole house. It lasts for over 15 blends and recharges quickly via USB-C.
2: Best of all, BlendJet 2 cleans itself. Just blend water with a drop of soap and you're good to go.
1: With an array of colors, patterns, or even Disney-inspired designs to choose from, show off your personality while you're blending up something delicious on the go.
2: What are you waiting for? Go to BlendJet.com and grab yours today.
1: And be sure to use the promo code AICPOD12 to get 12% off your order and free two day shipping. No other portable blender on the market comes close to the quality, power, and innovation of the BlendJet 2. They guarantee you'll love it or your money back. Blend anytime, anywhere with the BlendJet 2 portable blender. Go to blendjet.com and use the code AICPOD12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. Shop today to get the best deal ever. And now, back to the show. So you, you kind of alluded to the fact that from a, a, a campaign standpoint, um, that you you learned from previous uh, HasLab campaigns, and that kind of informed some of the decisions you made uh, you know, in structuring the campaign for for Giant Man, was there anything from an engineering or design standpoint that you know you you took away from the the Sentinel and from Galactus that you know kind of helped or or uh, improved you know design techniques for for Giant Man?
0: Absolutely, yeah. Um, we we look at all of the previous campaigns that we've done, as well as the partner ones that are uh, you know our friends and GI Joe and Transformers and. Ghostbusters, et cetera, et cetera, have done because there's such great learnings to be had from every one of these campaigns because it's still relatively new, you know, and there's still a lot of things we don't know. So, you know, for instance, one thing that we haven't talked about yet, or at least I haven't made, I must not have made perfectly clear is all of the joints on Giant Man from the ankles, knees, hips, elbows, shoulders are all going to be ratcheted similar to the Galactus figure. So they'll be, you know, able to click into position and really hold those positions for a very, very long time without the fear of them getting weak or, you know, um, you know, uh, not holding whatever pose you want. So taking learning from that, you know, for the structure was key. Um, the uh, face plates for Galactus would just pop in mouths. But these are going to feed inside of the mask, so we are working right now to make sure that the skin, which will be a PVC skin, which is the red mask, is rigid enough that you know it won't tear or rip in play, but flexible enough that you can pop the head out of it because what we did for Galactus was the inspiration, but it needs to be tweaked. And some of the early models we got in don't work, so we're like, okay that's fine. You know, we've got a year, let's, uh, let's get this thing figured out, you know? So we spent, uh, you know, the last few months kind of tweaking things. And every time we get a model in, we keep trying to, uh, test, you know, try to find the failure points so that we can be aware of them and work through them so that we can make sure that the final experience for all the fans who hopefully back this and hopefully when it gets funded, you know, won't have any of the uh, growing pains that we've had, through the first, you know, six months of the campaign, which is, you know, a chunk that you guys don't even see because that's all even before the the uh, teaser launch dates. Yeah, that's awesome.
2: Yeah, and yeah.
1: It, it's 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 always cool to see. You know, to to your point, you know, you, you mentioned that with these Haslabs, and you know, we've we've been, you know, we've we've chatted with other people from the Marvel team, from the Star Wars team, and we know kind of like Haslab exists kind of as its own business unit. Um, with like its own like resources, right. To, to a certain degree. So it's interesting to see how, you know, the GI Joe team leverages things and, you know, the star Wars team leverages things. And now you guys, and like, just kind of seeing how everyone does kind of have this collaborative, like learn from each other spirit. You know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a very cool, uh,
2: yeah, it's awesome. It's a very cool process.
0: Yeah, I don't know if it's learning so much as getting pissed when they think of something that you didn't think of and it just grows that little like uh, that really hard core in the center of your gut that you're just like, oh, I can't <laughs> believe they came up with that first. You know, so, you know, sure. Learning. We'll, we'll, we'll go with learning. Dwight, I, I don't know. I, people can't
1: see on the camera, but it looks like you might have like a chip or something on your shoulder. You, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not sure. not <laughs>
0: not. That doesn't sound right. <laughs>
1: uh, but yeah, it it's it, it is it is it is cool to see from the outside, you know, and, and you know, especially seeing pictures of all you guys from San Diego Comic Con all getting put in the Cobra clutch and you know, know knowing <laughs> knowing that there's there's a lot of
0: like fun crossover. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. We we got we got some great people that work on all the different brands and you know, getting a chance to be in a building that's you're so close to so much creative, um you know, genius and, and, and seeing what the young kids, I say young kids, you know, cause I'm getting to be the old man, but seeing what the, the next generation brings is really exciting too, you know? And it's like when they come at you and they're hitting you with different questions on different perspectives that you haven't thought about, or when they're bringing different pieces of Marvel lore, that was really important to them that I miss out on because of, I was, you know, at a different point in my life, and I wasn't paying attention to those things. It's great because you bring all that stuff together, and that's how you get a really successful team. When you got a nice mix of, you know, um, seasoned vets and uh, passionate uh, young designers and, and team members, you know, you you kind of, if you're not, the key is not being uh, so stupid as to think you have all the answers yourself, and to know that, you know. Uh, together as a as a team we're going to succeed way better than any one person's opinion um, which is key but you know if you're willing to realize that you don't have all the answers you know you you got a really good uh, potential at Hasbro to to get most uh, most things right you know or at least uh, step forward on the right foot to to lead to uh, hopeful success.
1: So before we head into our typical Q&A section dave dave has has prepared something a little bit special for this this interview because mm-hmm. we we know that there is some um some additional crossover right between okay. between our likes and your likes. so so, Dave, why don't you talk about this this first question that you have here for for dwight?
2: I'm glad you mentioned team because i'm gonna I'm gonna pull up our team here. um, so we um. We like, know that, like us, you're a big soccer fan. Yes. Um, so if you could field an 11-character Marvel lineup to put onto the pitch, who would it be and what is your formation?
0: Okay. All right. Well, that's fun. Um. If you're going to... Okay. All right. So I can give you that answer. But if you're going to build a team, you got to start with a coach, right? Okay. Okay. So... If I'm going to throw a coach out there, someone who has the uh, foresight and insight and ability to know what's going to happen out on that pitch, I'm going to take Charles Xavier as my coach. Okay. Fair. And I'm going to build from – I'm going to go with a – I'm going to go with – it's Marvel. So I'm going to go with an offensive-minded team. So I'm going to go with a 4-4-2, okay? But I'm going to start with defense and then work forward. Okay. My goalie would be the blob. Okay. Because – He's immovable, and he would he, – nigh he would block the entire goal or most of the goal anyways, making penalty shots impossible. And, uh, you know, b- the ability to get a ball past him while he's, uh, you know, not the most agile, I think his bulk would really, really serve well if Blob is in goal. Then uh, my two defenders, one would be Quicksilver so that he has the speed – to negate any, you know, clever, you know, um, attacks coming at him now, mind you, this team would have to get along and I'm sure Charles would be able to manage that. Uh, but I, my other defender would be Gravitron. So, uh, if he's able to, uh, uh, you know, Graviton is able to, you know, manipulate, you know, things coming at him he can either slow down uh, adversaries or adjust the balls uh density and stuff to uh help uh help you know keep things on track now in my midfield you got to have some magic users because you just don't know what's coming at you and you got to be able to protect your boys and ladies from whatever's out there so i got on my left and right mid i got doctor strange and the scarlet witch i think those two together can cover any out, outer threats that might mess with you know, what's going on on the pitch. Now, my center midfield, I have two. Because first, to have a successful team, you have to have a field captain. You have to have someone that you can rally behind that you know that that person is going to take you home for the win. And that's where Captain America goes. One, he's a perfect physical specimen. And two, you know he is going to be the person out there that's like, I am going to lead by example. Come with me and we're going to win this game. And then next to him, you got to have a defensive mid that is a stone wall for your opponents to break upon. And that's where Sentry would go. So he's got the, you know, he's got the uh, power, and he's a little bit crazy. So you just never know when you might need that guy out there that can just go out there and get a yellow card, if need be, uh, by taking somebody or taking someone down a level, right? All right. Strikers. Domino as my left wing, because a little bit of luck on your side is not going to be a bad thing. Now to counter Domino on the left, I've got Ultron on the right because he's never going to get tired and his brain would be able to figure out all the, you know, trajectories and things that would be needed to have perfect, uh, passing and so on and so forth. You need some perfect specimens, just to be able to run, 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 and get shit done. So I got Power Princess as my uh, center, uh, one of my two centers. And this is a curveball for you, but technically it still counts. I have Lionel Messi as my uh, other one because I did my homework and I found that he was in Marvel Comics, did make some little uh, snippets for him uh, and other players for the... Uh, FIFA 18 World Cup so technically <laughs> I think I'm still covered there and if you have the opportunity to put Leo on the pitch why wouldn't you do that so so
1: That's fair so, so uh, Messi Marvel Legends when? oh
0: man <laughs> From uh, from 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 your mouth to uh, to the 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 to the you know to the to the goodness of the uh, universes, I would absolutely <laughs> lose my mind to get a chance to make that action figure.
1: Oh my god! So we we
2: had put
0: together we started a at a
2: four four two.
1: Yeah, that's where we started. And and Dave is uh Dave is gonna Dave is gonna walk us through the the adventures in collecting team. I I yeah. I am going to say before we announce you know our team, I'm pretty sure we're boned. But I would like to continue with forward with what we had picked.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So um, yo, I, I, I we went four, three, two, one okay. Um, so, Coach Nick Fury because he's got the answers. <laughs> Um, I like that, and I and I feel like we've got a bit of a more, I'll say, defensive squad. He's a good motivator, Nick. That Nick. He's a good name. motivator. <laughs> he knows he knows defense, right? Um, as as the the head of Shield. So our back line is. Um, so we went with um, Robbie Reyes and uh, Mark Spector on the sides, on the outsides, as your as your backs. Um just basically, you know, like penance stare and the ability to those, all, all, the basically those those mystical powers in yeah, order to yeah. prevent prevent anybody coming up the up the wings. Um and you need two of the uh the biggest bodies you can get and clogging up the middle. Um so of course you have Hulk and Thing. You yeah how are you going to get through a literal brick wall?
0: <laughs> that's a pretty, uh, that's a pretty terrifying, uh, defensive yeah. center. Yes.
2: Yeah. And now if you happen to, um, similar to the blob stopping everything in sight, I think Reed Richards would be able to also do that.
0: I like that. I like uh, that. It's, uh, same benefits with, uh, added agility.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Now, um, the midfield, um, This is where it gets a little interesting because I kind of want, I like that D mid strategy too, but I feel like, um, similar ideas, but he's someone who's a bit more, I'll say generous. He's not going to be someone who's going to kind of go up the field and try to score himself. He's going to want to distribute and kind of watch both ends. And that's where Steve, Steve Rogers fits in with us. Um, as that like six now, On the wing, you want two people who are veritable sharpshooters to get crosses in, right? Um, So, who better than uh, Black Widow and Kate Bishop? I like that. To to get those crosses in, Um, you know, pinpoint accuracy. So, then we've got our front two, and it's kind of like that whole like two people up front that could score and play off of the center forward, but still be able to do well themselves, you know, speed, agility. Um, Peter Parker and T'Challa I like that and you know it's like you have Messi we needed that Zlatan and who is going to be Zlatan um, that Zlatan Messi type of player um, of course Tony Stark
0: Ah, I like that I like that I think the only uh, heel you have that th- I think the only foil you didn't think about is how clumsy Peter Parker is <laughs> that's true <laughs> So well depending which which version of he he could be either there like as you're like he's going to be your your you know saving grace or what the bleep just happened peter mm-hmm. what why did you take your eye off the ball the kid in the audience who was dropping his ice cream cone he could have bought another one you didn't need to go over there and save the ice cream cone for that kid
2: i am a red bulls fan so i ex- yeah this is this is i'm just used to that so i needed part <laughs> of it in in the squad <laughs> uh, yeah we we
1: like we like to um we we welcome the the abuse where <laughs> <just, we're> <laughs> I would like to say though we're not it is not the Tom Holland version the the like the the spoiler secret secret breaker like it's it's not that version of Peter Parker like we're going okay. like classic Peter Parker so like like a little less um or a little more reliable a little more
0: consistent peter parker like i want to see this happening i think the only thing mm -hmm. we need to come up with is what's our multiversal coin toss for steve rogers right so we can each have that uh steve out there you know i think that's the only that looks like that's the only hiccup that we have to settle and then we can make this thing happen
1: yeah Yeah, that's true yeah yeah or it's just like you flip the coin and one of one of you gets gets bucky and the other one gets cap like that's (laughs) there you go yeah (laughs) And, and then I, I either either way you get you get it. You get a cat, But that that's awesome. So I, I would, or Sam or Sa- that's right. Or Sam
2: or Sam.
0: I like True. I think we have. I think we have uh, some win win scenarios here.
2: Yeah. And I, I I am so happy with how this worked out, by the way. <laughs> <laughs>
1: this this was this was good. This was that was a good question, Dave. Um, Thank you.
0: I so, like that, too. That was a fun one.
1: So the other part of the crossover so we also know that you're you're a big wrestling fan and marvel has actually you know just just recently we we got these figures um actually last year we had a a, f- a friend of the pod was was in mexico and happened to find these triple a uh marvel lucha libre figures um which are now available for pre-order in the US for the first time on uh, entertainment earth so if you did not have a friend in mexico that was able to find these <laughs> For you, um, they're really awesome figures, but yeah. Um, which characters from the Marvel universe uh, would you want to see in a squared circle?
0: Okay, so I got I got something that's not normally what you would want to see because normally two big big men going at it doesn't work. Normally, but with the Marvel caveat, which brings that extra agility and stuff to those big guys. I would like to see from my ultimate throwdown: Juggernaut versus Hulk in a squared circle. Just, just a big old meat match. Just mm-hmm. a big old meat match. So Every now and like... again,
2: Goldberg and Brock Lesnar works, and you don't you know, know why.
0: Yes, but... yes. So that that would be my that'd be my beef match, and then my more. More style, a little bit more flair, a little bit more uh, could play off of each other. Um, I went with a wrestler-ish from the Marvel universe in Champion of the Universe. Okay, and have him go against Spider-Man. So, someone who's you know got the strength to hold up against you know a giant Titan of that size but all of the agility and the amazing you know, stuff. And, and Spidey's got a little bit of a you know, background in wrestling as well. So I think Champion of the Universe versus Spider-Man for the uh, uh, Intergalactic Championship would, uh, would be pretty impressive.
1: So, so I, did, I did two matches as well. I did a, a men's match and a women's match. Nice. Um, so my men's match is Batrock the Leaper versus Spider-Man. For the like for the very same reason, I want that work rate match. I, I want, <laughs> you know, like I, I want these guys like I want to I want to see movement. I want to see, you know, uh, Tope Suicidas. I want to I want and that's you're going to get that out of the two of these guys. Like you're, you're going to get that match. That's, you know, it, it's going to be wild. And, Which was funny with GSP as uh, Batroc in the MCU. It's, it's true, it's true. I didn't even think about that when I was coming up with that answer earlier today. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that that would that would be fun. Um, and then my uh, my my women's match um, would have to be Yelena versus Natasha. Um, you know, you just you, you've got it's it, it's like the best of the best. No, like. W- real superpowers right you just have two people that are trained to literally kill people and get away with it you know fighting each other in a ring I just think the two of them like I have to I have to imagine that like Yelena's probably like a submission specialist you know so you're gonna have a little bit of a clash of style there but like that's gonna be your your my matchup for men's and and women's
0: I think I think you have to add a stipulation to that. I think that has to be like a sixty-minute Iron Woman match. Yep, yep. That would, yeah. You know, could cause, be because I don't, I don't, whew, I don't think you can. I, I don't know if there's a better uh, women's match than that. That's that's up there.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's true. Like you, you would, you would definitely need a stipulation for it. It falls count anywhere. Something so that way the the two of them could really just go like full tilt. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, what about you? Did, do you have Do you have any matchups in mind?
2: All right, so I'm gonna go with one that's like specific to me. Let's get uh, Robbie versus Danny Ketch, Robbie Reyes versus Danny Ketch versus Johnny Blaze. Oh, a trip. let's just let's just make it happen. Triple threat.
1: <laughs> the promo package yeah. is definitely using Highway to Hell, right? Like it's definitely yeah, like like the 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 lead up.
0: <laughs> in in Hell in a Cell.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you could do it that way I mean yeah um, now if we were going to get a women's match in there I'll, I'm between two people um, the one that I, I am for sure on is Scarlet Witch but do I want Agatha Harkness or do I want Jubilee um, I guess we could do t- another three way match although Jubilee isn't really a magician No, you can get um, magic in there though I can get magic in there but I feel like it's like different magic at that point. A giant sword
1: that you can yeah. conjure versus literally anything that that Scarlet Witch then wants ag- to then do. Then again,
2: I, I mean even though Dazzler isn't like it's just fun to have Dazzler in anything. Dazzler versus oh. Jubilee.
1: There there's your match.
2: Dazzler versus Jubilee. There we go. Firework finger. the firework out
1: sunglasses to the entire crowd. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's part it's part rock concert, part uh, <laughs> Mm-hmm. part discotech part uh exploding barbed wire match
2: yeah
0: <laughs> yeah uh 50,000 blue for the bombast. for the entire audience
2: <laughs> for the bombast and nothing more cuz i feel like like the the you know all magic could just get like <laughs> i feel like it would almost be a draw yeah, in stop a way. turning things into other things and fight <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah
0: i i like the i like the women took though so i'm going to throw in a bonus uh, pre-card match of uh, She-Hulk versus versus Titania.
1: Uh, it's classic matchup, classic mm-hmm. matchup. Yeah,
0: nothing, 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 uh, you know, out of the norm there. But I, I would like to see that in, inside the ring.
1: Yeah, if, if provided they could keep it in the ring. That's
0: yeah, <laughs> that, would, yes.
2: that would be the issue. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, you can tell I like I went full like 80s. What's my 80s WWF bombastic? like card match there. Well,
1: I mean, (laughs) Dazzler always had those, uh, Alondra blaze or Alondra blaze. I should say had always had Dazzler vibes. vibes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm picking that up or Medusa. I always go with Alondra blaze, but Medusa is probably (laughs) the more, more famous name. Um, so this, this takes us into our, our Q and a Dwight. So, um, we, we know that uh, you know, having access to you is, is a privilege, so we want to make sure that we get our, uh, our listeners and our followers' questions in here, along with some, <laughs> some fun curveballs. Uh, Dave, <laughs> re- remind our, uh, our, our listeners and our followers, uh, how do they submit questions for our interview episodes?
2: So, when you see that we announce a guest on, on Instagram, Um, First off, make sure to um, follow us, hit that follow button and then like the guest and then add a comment or look at the story. Um, There'll be a little block in there where you can type in a uh, question. I was going to say type in an answer. No, that's for our guest to do. Um, Verbally type in an answer. Um, And then. You know, you, you'll hear this podcast, you'll hear the result of your question on your favorite podcast source, but also on YouTube, where you could smash that subscribe button and hit the little bell for reminders that there's new content. And I think that's all the internet's. You're
1: starting to get angry there at the end. Like, <laughs> I kind of like <laughs> the energy of this one. You're really like, you're like ramped up. This is good.
2: <laughs> yeah. I've, I felt like I was like Greg Graffin. I'm like admonishing <laughs> you from stage. <laughs>
1: well, uh, if, if you could dial back the admonishment and uh, and start Dwight off with the first question, that would be that would be great. I would
2: love to. At um, New Jersey Devs fan on Instagram asks, um, did you ever imagine when you went into this career that you would become a public figure in the process? What did it take to get you out in front of the camera?
0: Um, The first part of that is no. Um, I did not expect that this is where I would be uh, all these years later. But I will say that so much has evolved about the profession over the years that if you're willing to pick up the ball and run with it, there's a lot more things for you to do outside of what your typical nine to five would be. Um, You know, in the past we had, you know, you would present on the contours or senior management review uh, reviews. And then obviously the uh, pandemic changed everything where, you know, how can we reach and interact with our fans, you know, of the product uh, and you know, we had to look at things differently. And one of the things that was so, you know, that popped up and became so popular were the Teams calls and the Zoom calls and being able to talk like we're doing right now and get a chance to have these interactions with people who love the same stuff you do, you know? Um, And (laughs) I, I strongly believe in many instances, if you love what you do, and if you want it portrayed the way you want it portrayed, then you got to do it yourself, you know? And if that takes you out of your comfort zone, um, sometimes that's, you know, the only way to do it. You know, um, you know, I look at, you know, I, I, I look at, I haven't gone back and watched, but I lived through them. And some of our early things were kind of painful trying to figure out how you talk. Cause I, I like this where I'm talking to uh, you two gentlemen, but in some of those early ones, when you were talking to nothing and they were like, Oh yeah, we're just going to present stuff. And I'm like, what, what? It just not. I don't, it's just not how, it's not how life happens. And it's not like, uh, you know, you, you don't you're not trained for that and it's very re- it was very awkward to be hey hey man check this out it's gonna be freaking awesome and you're like i sound like a total piece of garbage spewing off you know catchphrases and lines and i'm like this is weird it's like because i love when i talk to people and you get to really feel what's going on and you get to feed off of them you know the good and and the bad right i mean no trust me there's been plenty of bad about this uh evolution as well when uh you know the nameless masses can say whatever they want and you can't, you know, respond to them. There's been a lot of evolution to these types of, uh, of things, you know, um, you definitely develop a, uh, a thick skin, uh, or you better if you want to survive because, you know, uh, peoples out there can be horrible, um, from time to time. If you've ever noticed that this is a small little piece of the internet, you know,
1: uh, we leave the comment section off on, when we watch the live streams.
2: We just, <laughs> just yeah, turn that off. <laughs> it's on my TV, so I don't see that. <laughs> just turn that
0: off. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it's 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 fun though. I mean, I think it and it, it, I think it like I said, I think it translates to any you know profession about, you know, whatever you it is you do, you know, it's so you got to be willing to evolve with the times or get left behind and uh you know, that's that's all part of it. You just got to figure out how to roll with it and you got to figure out who you are and you got to be, you know, you got to be honest. You know, the, the fans know more about this stuff than we do, you know, and I've been doing this for a long time, but there's people out there that know every dark corner of uh, Marvel universe. You know, they know stuff that I, you know, won't know for 20 more years if I study every day and, you know, you got to be honest, you got to talk from the heart, you got to have passion about it. But if you have those things, and if you can take the uh, heat, because even if you think you're doing the right thing, you're going to get a lot of uh, you know slack. So you got to you know be like a duck. You got to let that shit just roll off your back. And if you can do that, you'll be fine. Um, but uh, it's definitely been an, inter- an interesting evolution over the past uh, few years to this new world. The guy who puts gravitron on his back for.
1: In a, in, a, in a starting 11 is, is talking about not knowing deep cuts in Marvel Jeez. <laughs>
2: uh,
1: well next question <laughs> comes from mutual friend Emily Bader from Hasbro uh, and she asks how do you make sure all of the figures in your office don't fall down and cause a giant avalanche she's asking for a friend
0: that's easy I cheat are you kidding me <laughs> cheat to win baby uh all those figures that you guys see in my office all of them at least one of their foot is glued to a uh plexi uh stand you know um that that you know which i know the the, the toy purists out there are screaming you did what that figure's worth blah 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 and you did what um that office is uh is is amazing it, i i absolutely love my office space but it is a working archive. So every figure that's in there, uh, me and my engineer can gather and look at it when we're trying to figure out what's next to do and how to, uh, you know, what we have in our library, what do we need, what can we use, what can we pull? So that's why, you know, we try to keep everything in there um, to to have as an archive. So it is a working tool. And because of that, I've treated it as such. Um, my collection at home, I take a little bit better, uh, you know, care of because I would not want to do that to uh, my toys and, I wouldn't recommend that necessarily to anybody because while usually hot glue is pretty easy to remove, um, you know, it's just kind of uh, can be messy. But they're all glued to little clear stands so that uh, if they fall over, it's much easier to put them back up and they uh, kind of uh, it creates that um, uh, interlocking kind of system that kind of keeps everybody in place.
1: Yep. Yep. Very familiar with with. You know, as long as you don't touch anybody, they don't, they don't, they're all keeping each other up.
2: (laughs) Yes. Mm -hmm. Friend of the pod at super action stuff asks, how do film date changes affect your release schedule and design planning? For instance, with the current industry strikes, do you have contingency plans in place? Should the 2024 slash 2025 releases get pushed?
0: (laughs) There's always something to contend with. Uh, You know, nothing's ever... uh, What is it? The the best laid plans, right? Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. Always uh, somehow managed to blow up in your faces. And I think that's pretty much just... uh, That's definitely Toy Development 101. Um, You can have the most glorious thing laid out in front of you. You got this roadmap that you're like, Oh, this is going to be killer. And then an actor gets injured on set or a writers strike or you know a global um, pandemic or yeah, a, global once, pandemic. a once in a generation global pandemic <laughs> yes so yeah um you know we we don't develop like extra things to put into place but marvel in particular um, has more flexibility than uh, many brands that are heavily entertainment driven because we have such a deep um, well of comic and uh, previous animation and even previous MCU things that we haven't yet tapped into. Like, you know, there's still plenty of figures from phase one, two, and three that we haven't addressed. So, you know, we have the ability to come up with a story um and to pivot to some of those other things Um, and there could be some delays because of that. But um, we also have the ability to do pre-orders nowadays, which, which also can be nice. So even if you can't have the product on shelf when you might want it because of delays, you know, you can still develop product and, and, and pre-sell it, you know, in, in a similar type of window as long as things aren't too crazy, but you know, sometimes, you know, you just got to roll with the punches and and do the best you can. Uh, but you know, that's yeah. And I'm sure, uh, next year I'll hit us with uh, a whole new surprise of something else to to contend with too. Please. I hope not. (laughs) Yeah. I've,
2: I've, I've not really enjoyed the, there's always something these days. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's like, that's that goes beyond the toys thing. Like, I just, oh, we need a break, man.
0: <laughs> we yeah, just need a I break. Agree.
1: Uh. Agreed. <laughs> All right, so the last question in our Q&A comes from, once again, Mutual Friend, and this time a fellow Marvel Legends team member, Ryan Ting, asks, What do you call a dense bread roll in the shape of a ring that is made by boiling dough and then baking it?
0: I'm not going to fall for this, that son of a... I'm going to say I call it delicious. That's what I call it. Absolutely delicious. Sometimes with blueberries, sometimes with cinnamon and sugar uh, molted on top. Delicious. That's what I call it, you punk.
1: (laughs) Oh, I... I I don't know whether I want to ask you the context of this now or, or save it for when Ryan is standing next to you at New York Comic-Con and you can, and you can maybe hurt him a little bit. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what, what the better ask
0: is here. I, I can't hurt anything anymore. <laughs> if I want to have a throwdown, I need to convince whoever I'm going against to give me 15 minutes to stretch. <laughs> That's the only way that I have a chance of a successful, uh, you know, defense of my title. <laughs>
1: Uh, all right. So the, the real question there though is or is it cream cheese or butter?
0: Oh for me it's uh butter. Right. I actually I'm a big fan of uh doing a little bit of uh grape jelly on one half and a little bit of butter on the other half, toasting it up, putting it together. Oh choice. That's
2: that's my favorite, like I just was sick or I am currently sick, <laughs> yeah. like thing to have where it's just like either toast or an English muffin or um the aforementioned bread ring. Um,
0: <laughs> you just become a twelve-year-old again, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I just want the prices right at noon, and my <laughs> my bread roll with butter and jelly.
0: Rest um, in peace, Bob Barker. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. seriously. More <laughs> one out,
1: guy. Got but his clo- guy like, got as close to a hundred as he could without going over.
2: I'm I'm the rare new. Here's here's the thing with this. I'm the rarer New Jersey native that prefers butter because, A, it's easier to eat when you're driving. Because you always get cream cheese with a side of the, the bread ring. Um, you do not get bread ring with a little bit of cream cheese on it. It's always too much. And if they toast it, then it goes everywhere. And then you have to wash your car like afterwards.
1: I'm going to call it bread ring forever now, but not like a bread ring, just bread ring. Like, bread do, ring. You want, do, you want, do you want bread ring toasted? <laughs> I'd like I'd like a Taylor ham, egg and cheese on bread ring, please.
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm hopping on this be- this this wagon because I don't want to make anyone mad. I don't want to <laughs> upset anybody. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Well, you <laughs> bread ring like bread there you is- go. There you go. Bread ring. There's
1: a, that's a t-shirt. That's, yep, <laughs> put that on. Bread ring. Bread ring. <laughs> Whew, okay. Well, that, that wraps up our, uh, our Q&A section and takes us to, uh, to the last thing that we do with all of our guests before we, before, <laughs> before we let them leave, <laughs> before we free them from our clutches. Um, hmm. Dave, would you like to fulfill your role as this podcast? James Lipton, and ask Dwight our final question.
2: Why, yes, I would. The final question that we ask all of our guests, what is your favorite and or strangest piece in your collection? It can be one of each or it can be both.
0: Okay. If I'm going to go with favorite, it's got to be something that I cherish enough to put around me that I see every day. I have one figure and one statue. If I'm allowed a little bit of a Leland's, uh, Let's see, uh so behind me, I have a sideshow statue of the dark Lord Sauron. It's one of the few things that my um lovely wife has allowed me to have on the main floor of the house, so I have that sitting above my uh television, and I absolutely love having him up here and then in my uh, in my mother's china hutch, God rest her soul uh i took out all of her plates and I've put my things in there. So I'm sure she's not overly happy with me, but she knows I love her. I have different action figures in my championship belts in there. And in there I have a Square Enix Judge Master Gabarinth action figure. Um, It's just such a glorious piece of plastic that I had to just always have that to just appreciate and look at because it's just so damn beautiful. Awesome, yeah. I'm, I-
2: what's what's your favorite belt?
0: Um, I currently have three, and I don't know if I could pick between them. I have the Winged Eagle, I have the Big Gold, and I have Austin Smoking Skull. Okay, so those are the three that I have today, and I'm like I said, I'm really eyeballing the AEW one just to kind of uh, complete the the. If I say complete the collection. Hopefully, I can stop with just that last one. So that's that's kind of where I'm. That's where I'm at now.
1: Awesome. Yeah. I I also it's funny. I also have that one piece that was allowed to not like my collection. Literally lives in my in my office. It's you can see part of it behind me, but most of it's in front of me here. But I have one piece that's allowed in like our our living room by our TV and it is a, it it's uh, one of the diamond select premium statues. It's the, uh, the one six scale Boba Fett from mm. uh, Empire Strikes Back where he's like walking on the, the freezing chamber steps. Um, but we're a big star Wars house as well. So I, I get a little, like I get a little leeway in that department, but yeah, that's, that's the one piece. Like it's the only, only thing in the living room. That's, <laughs> <laughs> it's like that, and then just you know, the the normal. I'm doing heavy air quotes. The normal stuff that you'd find in a, in a living room.
0: The the we're not that weird yeah. people. So you get to the officer. In my case, the basement.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's
0: like yeah, oh, we're
2: we're <laughs> we're looking for a house that will full fully own our weirdness. Um,
1: I, yeah. yeah, and it's a, it's a great time right now to be house house hunting.
2: I know, I, it's my favorite thing. Um, yeah, just the... That adds to it, doesn't it? The market's we just, talking
1: about just perfect. This is a perfect time to buy a house right now. Yeah. In, in September of 2023. <laughs> great time. Definitely a buyer's market.
0: <laughs> well... Dwight, uh, you just made him so depressed. <laughs> Dave's just like, Yeah, this is this, this is not how I wanted this podcast to end up. Thanks for giving me that before I go to bed. Uh, see, we talk about it all the time, though. That's a thing, yeah, like, it's yeah,
2: literally like the sure. butt
1: of every joke.
2: I'm just gonna get this and make me feel better.
1: <laughs>
0: there you go. Good. Oh, the uh, nice, the orange one.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: the blue one's over there, too. <laughs> well. Dwight, thank you so much for taking the time to, to chat with us tonight. Uh, please uh, tell our listeners where can they find uh, f- find you on social media, where can they find out uh, about the the HasLab, and where can they stay up to date with all of the, the goings-on at Hasbro?
0: Awesome, yeah. Um, you can find me at, at stalldwight on Instagram. Um, we have the HasLab campaign currently running over on the Hasbro Pulse. So if you are... In the market for a 24-inch giant man, please come check that out and join us on this campaign. We're almost uh, 50% there. Um, We will be at New York Comic Con in a few weeks, so you can see it in person. And before that, uh, we have Pulse Pulse Con coming up uh, this coming Friday.
1: Awesome, yeah, and we'll we'll be sure to share links to all of those things uh, in the show notes, so uh, you guys can follow Dwight if you're not already following him, and uh, and definitely check out the HazLab and the uh, the Hasbro Pulse YouTube channel where uh, where you can watch. By the time this airs, you can watch the replay of of PulseCon. So, um, Dwight, thank you again so much for for joining us, uh, Dave. Uh, why don't you send us home, Excelsior. Thank you, dear listener, for hanging out with us today. Subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you listen, and then tell your friends to do it. Thanks also to Joe Azari, the golden voice behind our intro. Our music is Game Boy Horror by the Zombie Dandies. Find more about them both in our show notes.
2: Follow us on social media at AIC underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter stop by and say hi show us your toy hauls and share your toy stories maybe we'll talk about it in a future episode
0: don't try this at home void where prohibited some assembly required each sold separately not a flying toy consult a physician if your toy run exceeds more than four hours
2: this has been a non-productive media presentation